1: of you avid listeners of One of Us Reviews know I am a fan of rom-coms and romantic movies. I'm a sucker for the will they won't they. I love lovely love stories. But I'm also quite critical of this genre. When they're good you get Love Actually, Notting Hill, Crazy Rich Asians, Clueless, Pride and Prejudice. There's, There's plenty of classics out there. Of course, when they go badly and more often than not they do you get All About Steve... Moonshots, New Year's Eve, you get where I'm going here. This genre is a toss-up of great and awful, and there's very little middle ground. So when I saw Red, White, and Royal Blue went up for review, I figured I'd jump onto it. This Amazon flick is from Greg Berlanti, who is a very successful producer of television like the Arrowverse, Riverdale, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Everwood. He started on Dawson's Creek, okay? This guy... Uh has a library of successes on television this is directed by matthew lopez in his feature film directorial debut it's based on a 2019 novel of the same name by casey mcquiston it stars taylor Zakhar perez and nicholas galazine as the son of the president of the united states and a british prince respectively clifton collins jr stephen fry and uma thurman are also in here in small supporting roles But what's the premise? Okay, Alex, the son of Ellen Claremont, who is the president of the United States, the first female president of the United States, Alex attends Prince Philip's royal wedding. Alex loathes Prince Henry, the grandson to the king and Philip's brother. During the reception, Alex and Henry get into a little altercation, resulting in the wedding cake falling on top of them, which becomes highly publicized. To minimize the fallout of the press, especially as Ellen seeks re-election, Alex and Henry are forced to do a series of interviews and publicized visits and pose as friends. Alex and Henry stubbornly bicker and trade barbs until they begin to understand one another, and the two make amends, later exchanging numbers and becoming fast friends and maybe more than friends... Yes, this is a rom-com after all. I am T.C. DeWitt of the Screener Squad, and I am joined by two of my fellow favorite American heathens, LeWayne. Hey, how's it going? And Melina. Oh,
0: hello,
2: my fellow
1: Americans. <laughs> Just by doing that, I feel like John
2: and I'm like, oh my god, I shouldn't.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as I said, I love me some love movies, but what's funny here is is that of all the rom-coms made in the 2000s, I'm surprised I never saw this one. It's really ahead of its time, especially Mm -hmm. for an early 2000s movie. And, oh, I'm sorry, what? Oh, this this was made this year? Oh, 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 right. Well, I guess some of my criticism is going to be obvious. What did you two think?
0: Uh, I love the women in this. (laughs) I think they're all delightful. (laughs) (laughs) I think they don't use the, the princess enough. She doesn't get a lot of love. But I know that part of that comes from the way they adapted it. Have you, either of you read the book?
1: I have not no, no.
0: Okay. So I watched this with a couple of my kids who had read the book. And so I got to hear a lot about what wasn't in there and what isn't. And the first thing I'm going to say is I think this would have been better suited, especially since it's Amazon and they could do this, as probably a, a limited series, like four to six episodes. Yeah. Napping
1: at my microphone completely.
0: because it feels like there's a lot missing. It, it there's a lot of like high speed movement in this. Like the first hour breezes by, and then you get to the second half, and it's like, oh shit, we got to wrap it up, <laughs> but still take an hour to do it.
2: Which is ironic that you say that because one of my biggest complaints as this went along was okay you know what there are so many scenes in here that I'm liking individually but my mm-hmm. god I feel like this could be trimmed down.
1: Mm-hmm. This is a two hour movie It is
2: almost yeah. two hours and 46 seconds. I don't know why I have it down that well.
1: Because
0: um, <laughs> I kept watching it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> because I kept pausing it and thinking okay we've got to yep. be coming to a conclusion at some point. Yeah I think we've heavily bombarded this with criticism right off the bat. I will say I didn't hate this I did despise the first 15 minutes. And TC, I almost wish that you hadn't mentioned the wedding cake gag. Because I saw that and thought, if people are waffling on whether or not they want to watch this, I would say, go and start it. But bring a stopwatch with you. (laughs) So that when you hear the word cake, not even the actual cake on the screen itself, but when one character says the word cake and how long it took to make it. Go ahead and make an educated guess of however many seconds and then start your countdown. And I guarantee down to the second, it will hit zero right when the inevitable punchline to that gag, hits. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. well, th- this is the big selling point in the trailer, so I didn't feel like I was spoiling too much. This is how yeah. they sold the movie, is on this wacky circumstance. And, and yeah, th- it's these two people who just don't like each other. They have a history. Kind of. You know, the president's <laughs> son became the president's son. They met at some social event and and both snubbed each other in one way or another. And so they have this contentious relationship based on this history. And... I didn't hate this either. I, I know I'm, I came in here hot making fun of it. But the issues that I'm seeing with this is that while it is competently made, I'm with LeWayne, this would have been better served as a miniseries or a show. And it feels like it should be that based on all its production value and the performances and the writing and the contrivances. Mm-hmm. They're They're pretty derivative. And there is quality intermittently throughout this. It's just the things that I thought could have been developed further. Uh
0: One of the things that I I struggled with was actually part of the tension issue, Mm -hmm. the whole secret thing and all that, because I'm like, well, okay, yeah, you know, the president's up for reelection, but she's very clearly a Democrat. So the fact that her, she has a bi son. When she's already been the first woman president, she's married to a Mexican who was Americanized. Okay, and her kids, buy? Great, you've basically hit a bunch of the checklists because the 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 red states, the red guys aren't going to vote for you anyway. So what are you losing? And the other one's a prince, dude. After one of them was a literal Nazi sympathizer, the fact that you're you're hanging out with the American son and maybe more than that, who gives a shit? at this point. Yeah. And that's that's where the tension was like I guess, but
1: not really. Yeah, that's why I compared this to an early 2000s movie like What a Girl Wants or was it Prince and Me with uh Julia Stiles, yeah. something like that. Or, yeah. Or uh,
2: Chasing Liberty, yeah, any of yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah,
1: that's Good First Daughter. There was yep. a there was a run of movies similar to this in the early 2000s that were cute. This is just a cute premise and a cute idea. Uh, and really, this entire story set in 2023, it does – Wayne, you're right. Who, who cares? I, I guess there would be conservative reporters and, and some scandalous sites like, I don't know, TMZ or whatnot. They'd be like, oh, oh, we got a gay prince out there with a gay first – who cares? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean. it's, and, and it comes – and there's points in this movie where the characters have conversations and come out to certain people or, or at least address it and right. every one of those conversations is like oh it's fine i don't i don't have any I don't issue give it. A shit. But, like there's <laughs> one that it is an issue with and that makes sense but for the most part any any tension that could be built and maybe move into cliché territory in terms of how people react to it it's like oh no i accept you well it's 2023 how could i not
2: i i don't really want to disagree with you guys on this point it's only because I am slapped in the face almost literally every day by People magazine telling me about Harry and, and Meghan. Sure. Yeah, even in the 2020s. I don't think that the royal family is necessarily known for their forward no. thinking. Uh,
1: certainly. And
2: certainly with, with some of the uh, the allegations and bombshells that have come out about them. Part of me is like, no, I, I don't find it surprising at all that this alternate version of Prince Philip, if you will, that being played by Stephen Fry, would have an issue with maybe not the idea of their grandson privately being gay in his personal life, but certainly not something that they would want to be extremely public about. Mm-hmm. I actually found that more realistic than, than not, or at least a, I was able to buy that. I think my problem with it is it really does go back to the early 2000s syndrome that this movie has throughout, right down to that soundtrack that I know everyone has heard and <laughs> hates from those films. You guys know what I'm talking about, and I don't even have to describe it.
1: Well, this was clearly written by someone who is not of this age, <laughs> because there's there's a Spice Girls reference. There's a Barbara Streisand's reference. There's one of the characters, one of the... 20-something character says mofos. It feels very much like an adult writing younger characters. And Melina, I'm going to agree with you. The way the prince story is handled feels correct for the modern day. But our central character is the American guy, yes. and we see the movie through his perspective. So most of the reasons this doesn't work is because we're seeing it through that lens of, like, who cares, man? It's America. It's 2023. Right. Your you're clearly a Democrat. Like, any issues yeah. here is going to be with people who aren't even going to watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: and the and his mother's response mm-hmm. when he comes out, like, I don't want to get into the whole thing. But she, she goes through this whole thing, and I'm like, yeah, because that's what you do, right? right. Like, I don't yeah. – like. And 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 I and I recognize that we have to have this. Uh, there's a certain artificiality to tension in romantic movies because yes. they have to happen. Like you can you can literally see the oh here's the scene that's going to be the third act breakup. Here's where it's coming <laughs> because it's time right. Mm-hmm. Like things are starting to go really well. I'm like oh here we go. This is where it's going to be. And so it it does have to deal with the inevitable tropiness of a romance film. Genius. And some of them can handle it. And some of them can't and this one's it 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 does what it can with it none of us have read this we don't have the attachment to it like the 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 two kids that were watching it with me one of them's read it and their friend was there who has read it so i got to hear all about what was different but they were still satisfied with it except for the princess's backstory Mm -hmm. um ellie bambers i don't remember the character's name b or whatever Apparently, there's a whole lot of backstory to her that I think would have made a difference in this film when it comes to the oh, what about the public perception of the royals?
1: Really, I would have loved more of the perspective of the prince and what he's going through. Yes. it's a two hander; they're both the main characters, but really, yeah, we it's... get so much more with with our with Alex than we do with with the prince, and that disappointed me because that was the most compelling side of home
0: i would have at least liked to have had the experience of of dealing with with it from the prince's perspective maybe i would have appreciated his situation more Mm -hmm. but like as an american who has zero interest in the existence of a monarchy let alone anything else i'm like what are you going to do lose your job (laughs) no (laughs) like you were literally born into your job your job is prince
2: you don't get to stand on the balcony doing this anymore
0: yeah, and you're the, you're the middle kid, so you're not even going to wear the crown anytime soon, unless something drastic happens to a lot of your family.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it was hard for me to appreciate. I think that was why I just I was like I don't none of this matters. Make me make me care. Maybe that would have been different. Like if if there had been an element of the story that would have made me actually care about what it's like. But like you're you were born a billionaire. I I don't have any concept of why any of this would matter because you you don't (laughs) so well,
2: I understand the paradox of being born into privilege like that and yet because of what the monarchy essentially is it's basically just a grand facade having to put on this this public persona that is completely non-offensive, mm-hmm. which, I mean, if anybody's ever watched the, anyone's ever watched any coverage of the royal family, you know that they completely pride themselves on that, and the ones who have Ooh. been ousted or publicly shamed are the ones who don't adhere to that. I understood that, and I think that, LeWayne, by saying that, you actually kind of brought to light something that I think this movie could have balanced better, which is either come into this with a more realistic lens on what Mm -hmm. it's like to be a royal and how despite appearances, it's not all fun and games. It is not riding off uh, in a magical carriage. It unfortunately bangs against itself with how... Dignified so many mm-hmm. aspects Perfect. of both yep. of these worlds mm-hmm. feel. I'm like, the beginning yep. of this had me thinking, okay, this is like the Princess Diaries level of how royalty and the Oval Office are portrayed. Yes. To where it's like, yes, yes. yeah, mm-hmm. every, every, like the most protected family in the world, including the son, the only son can just walk into a karaoke bar with his friends and not a 20 person right. detail to where you're <laughs> like, okay, well, the movie knows that it has to do that so that it can make its point, which is, right. let these, let them have their little secret romance. And I'm like, in no modern world would this ever be secret. And it's like, sure. yeah. So it's like the sentimentality and the seriousness of what Henry is going through, especially, are kind of just awkwardly slammed against what feels like a world that's just completely cartoon.
0: Well yeah, because it's a fair it's a Disney fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Right? The well, only the only difference is that there's a gender swapping going on, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. In a sense, because you have the handsome prince and then you have the commoner, although he's not really that common because he's the president's son. <laughs> but they but they spend they, they they spend a lot of time talking about how blue collar they were before that point. And I'm like, it's probably been a while since they were blue collar if she rolled into the oval office. But I get what you're shooting for, but this is not the Princess and the popper, all right? It's not one of the Barbie princess movies, right? Like, they're doing that, which is, I think, where the conflict... Like, I think you're right. I think that's where part of the conflict comes from. Because this either has to, to skew more realistically to, to seem genuine, or it needs to just go all the way and say none of that matters. And it seems like it's sort of struggling with with those two elements because i want a fairy tale and i want a romance but i don't want it to be all of those other fairy tales and romances and and, and i think in the end you just kind of end up like well that was that was fine yeah (laughs) Uh,
1: it it, it's the balance that's the issue here because it being a romantic comedy it you kind of got to pick a lane here i wish Mm -hmm. it had been either more comedic get wacky Mm -hmm. yeah uh, the president's son walks into a karaoke bar with the prince of england i've heard this one before like and i and using those 2000 movies as an example like what a girl wants which colin firth and amanda Bynes started is much more silly it's wacky it's cartoonish and Mm -hmm. and, or princess diaries which is one of my all-time favorite guilty pleasure movies is cute and silly and cartoonish and sincere Mm -hmm. but then if you go to like Love Actually, in a lot of its main storylines, or, or like even Pride and Prejudice, they, they evoke sense and sensibility in right. this. And I was like, how dare you? Yeah, <laughs> not even. But if if you wanted to take this story and literally take it back 200 years, you wouldn't have to change barely a thing about this. And it would be so sweet and endearing mm-hmm. that this prince from England and a, a, the first son, if this was 1800s, if this was Jane Austen era, oh, my God, this would have been wonderful especially because you take texting out of the equation you take emails out of the equation and a lot more of the drama is then enhanced and that and that's where this movie lost it lost me is not being able to balance the drama and the comedy
2: hell put it in the 1980s like that really? would have
1: yeah just oh, that would have hit yeah.
2: really hard and felt completely genuine even if it was it's a fictionalization of the royal mm-hmm. families and even how the American president would have reacted to something like that. Because coming out mm-hmm. as yeah. bisexual yeah. then mm-hmm. worlds away from what it is now.
0: That notches up the tension right there. Yeah. Because you had like a period for like one year in the eighties where being gay was cool and then that was pretty much it. After that it was like, well I guess you're just gonna die and we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, put it putting it in a different era one even even a few decades back might have made a difference, let alone dropping it back even further I it just maybe that's just it it's too modern for me to to really feel the supposed tension
1: yeah yeah, and it's a shame because there is some talent here there's there's oh, yeah. some talent especially in our two male leads they are they've got great chemistry they do. I thought they were wonderful together uh, and truth be told it is actually pretty refreshing to see this level of a sex scene done mm-hmm. with two guys Absolutely. like I know it's it shouldn't be a big deal but there was a a cliche wonderfulness to the mm-hmm. intimacy in this movie and I do tip my hat Berlanti is an ally he has brought so much for the LGBT community in what he's produced and that's that's great so, like there are a plays in every column for mm-hmm. that
2: the two performances by your leads and their chemistry as characters are why I say I only hated the first 15 minutes of this. Because I liked, <laughs> really liked, the closet, holy shit, I am just getting that uh, moment between the two of them. And yes. I really enjoyed that. Not be, not only because I thought, wow, I really like these two together. I mm-hmm. am rooting for this to bloom, this, little, this love between the two of you. But I also appreciated the fact that early on, in a romantic comedy... One that feels very mid-2000s. I has, I'm seeing something I don't normally see. People actually communicating. And working mm, their crap out <laughs> before the third act. That's so mm-hmm. rare. And it was enough to carry me through a lot of the filmmaking aspects that I didn't think were great. The mm-hmm. just really awkward mixing of Disney and The Crown. and But I was like, <laughs> they're enough to where I'm... Charmed by a lot of this, and the sex scenes—definitely something that would have been weird if you saw in *The Princess Diaries*.
1: And
2: I was like, <laughs> I'm glad it's here. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well, why don't you go and wrap that into some final thoughts? Let's get a rating on this.
2: Oh, I won't say much more. I think that I've more than nailed down my my misgivings and my appreciations for this film. They're both there. Uh, they're they're both plentiful. This is something where I that I would recommend as something that you go into knowing exactly what it is. You're not going into this seeing a groundbreaking romantic comedy. It's definitely not a groundbreaking LGBTQ romantic comedy. But for what aims it has for itself, god, that sounds so condescending. Uh, But for, (laughs) for, for what it's trying to do, which is to be sweet, to be fluffy, I thought that it actually succeeded pretty well on the romantic side, far less so on the comedy. But other people who are not as picky with their comedic senses as I am may not find that to be a problem at all. I was talking to my mom about this. She really liked it. She was like, it's kind of hallmarky," and she meant that as a positive. So on that, I'm going to give this 6 out of 10 wonderfully terrible karaoke renditions of Don't Stop Me Now. Because for that brief moment, this became my favorite movie of the year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Luane. i I want to give another shout-out to a lot of the women, the minor characters in this, because... There needed to be more of them shown in it because they actually have a widely diverse cast. The women are all smart. The princess doesn't get a lot to do because she's the princess. President's sons, primary security agent, some of the other people that they deal with between the palace and the White House, all fun characters. I would have liked more of more of them this is I know I said it earlier and it sounds it always sounds so negative when I say it this is fine the leads, <laughs> the leads have decent chemistry they're believable I think the movie needed to go one way or the other it either needed to get sillier or it needed to get more serious and it kind of kept wavering in between the two and as somebody who mostly tolerates romantic movies this was again this is fine it's not one of my oh my god this was terrible and there's an audience for it Everybody else in the room with me loved this movie. The only thing they didn't like were whatever favorite thing from the book wasn't in the movie. Welcome to adaptations, kid. I think it would have been better served if you wanted to be more true to the novel to extend it out. But I don't know that I would have wanted to watch it if it was that much longer. Did you all stick around for the... uh the 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 brief post-credit scene yeah. what yeah. Um, no yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: well based on what tip tipped you into the negative category melina yeah, you, you probably wouldn't, wouldn't like anyway. the stinger if that gives you an indication of what it's about yeah. but
0: yeah I, it's it, <laughs> it is better than a lot of conventional romances i've seen both guys are pretty they have good chemistry the cast is fun the tropiness is the tropiness whatever i never there was never any sense for me that things weren't going to work out so i'm going to give this three out of five actors the leads reminded me of throughout right i was actually thinking macaulay culkin grown up like not not literally macaulay culkin but kevin McAllister, yes like from home alone and the the president's son periodically got some al pacino going on like young al pacino Mm. and then there was some Hmm. other stuff i'm like. All I did was, hey, that looks like, he looks like, eh, whatever, doesn't matter. You
1: remind me of a very young Al Pacino.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. Well,
1: I, all I can really do is echo what both of you just said, so I don't really have to say much more. Supporting cast is excellent in this. I love the diversity. thought the chemistry with the leads was good. But there's nothing new here, and maybe that's okay. And if you like your rom-coms, simple and digestible, then, yeah, you're going to enjoy this perfectly fine. Damn it. I was trying to avoid saying that. You're going to enjoy this perfectly <laughs> You're going to... Damn it! You're going to you enjoy this. You'll find
0: this a suitable film. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're going to enjoy this. You'll find it suitable. At, uh, yeah. So, damn it. I feel like I've
2: given you guys complexes, and I am so sorry. <laughs> it's not my intention.
1: You're going to enjoy this. It's it's good. It's good. But, it, damn it, I don't I don't know what to say. You ruined my notes. Melina, you killed me. Um, I'm it's, sorry. It's simple. It's digestible. And you're going to enjoy it. Uh, but if you want something complex with nuance, something that's going to move you to tears and laughter, this is not it. I wasn't expecting it to be, and I wasn't expecting it to break new ground. And in that respect, I guess it didn't disappoint me. So, yeah, at at the end of all this, I'm going to give this a 6 out of 10 January surprises. Oh, bombshell. The president's son is gay. (laughs) Dun dun dun! <laughs> Will this sway the voters? This is the January surprise. Uh,
2: not the most unpleasant January uh, surprise we have had.
1: No? <laughs> yeah. We've
0: had worse. No! What are they? I was about to say something about billions from the Saudis, and then I thought I probably shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs>